welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast, your weekly guide to solid Christian thinking on culture, science, faith, and Christian confidence, hosted by Tom Gilson. Tom is a senior editor with The Stream, stream stream.org. He runs the top-ranked Thinking Christian blog, and he's the author of several books, including the soon-to-be-released Too Good to be False, How Jesus' Incomparable Character Reveals His Reality. Hello, I'm Tom Gilson, and I welcome you to this very first episode of the new Thinking Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the beginning of this new journey. And I want to begin by speaking to a problem that I've had in my Christian life that I think a lot of us have had in our Christian lives, one that we're not even necessarily that aware of. In fact, awareness might be part of the problem. It has to do with taking something for granted, or rather someone. Someone that we do not want to take for granted. Certainly been true of me. I think it's true of a lot of us is that we are too used to Jesus. We're too used to him. We we take him for granted. We're too accustomed to him. And I think it explains a lot of contemporary Christianity's weakness in in worship and obedience and in witness that Jesus doesn't quite astonish us anymore. We sing our worship songs as if we really, really appreciate him, and we know the doctrine of his deity, and we know that that justifies worship to him. But how often do we fall on our knees before him and cry out, my Lord and my God, Jesus, you are great. How often are we falling to our knees, stunned at his magnificence? We're too used to him for that. I've been following Jesus since I was 18 years old. That's 45 plus years now. And I knew he was worthy of my worship, but I'd kind of also reached the point where his story didn't surprise me much anymore. I suppose I loved him, and and yet it was on a kind of a cognitive level as much as anything. I was grateful for his sacrifice for me. Yet even there, there was something missing. I wasn't really in touch with who he was. Not that I am fully now, but But I know then I was really taking him more or less for granted. My Christian life was perhaps more about my Christian life. It was more about me than about Jesus. And, you know, I look at the Gospels. It was never like that for the people that Jesus encountered there. I think of the way the crowds, the disciples, and his adversaries reacted. The crowds around him never got used to him. Over and over again, the Gospels tell us they were astonished at his teaching and his miracles. The disciples could hardly have been used to him. He kept doing things differently, like when they're pushing against the the wind, trying to row the boat across the, the Sea of Galilee, and he comes walking, and they think it's a ghost. And he says, don't worry, it's me. They were not expecting that. They couldn't get used to someone who kept doing that kind of surprise on them. And his opponents, well, no, they weren't used to him. They were annoyed by him. He bothered them. But he never let them ignore him or take him for granted. Well, maybe it was easier to be astonished then, seeing him face to face, watching him cast out demons, watching him raise the dead, or hearing him preach as if he had authority over literally everything and everyone. But then again, maybe, yeah, sure, it would have been easier then, but maybe maybe it would be easier for us now if we could see him again as if we were seeing him for the first time. 
if we could see him in a new way, to be surprised by his life, by his teachings, his miracles, and his resurrection. And that's a lot of the reason I wrote my new book, Too Good to be False. In fact, for most of the time that I was working on it, I did it under the working title. In other words, I had the title in mind that it was going to be called Too Used to Jesus. Too Used to Jesus. That's that's what it was about. But not quite enough. In the end, my publisher and I decided that that didn't convey quite enough of what the whole book was about. But it's a lot of it. And it's a lot of what has caused authors like Lee Strobel and Ratio Christie President Corey Miller to call it a surprising book, a refreshing book, because it was about breaking up this idea of being too used to Jesus. And I'll tell you one of the things, there were several, but one of the things that started me on the path of recognizing we're too used to Jesus. Uh, It came as I reflected on what I must sound like in today's culture to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ for the first time. And, And here's how I wrote it. I'm quoting from the book now, several paragraphs. Christianity centers around one individual, a man who lived a very long time ago in a remote part of the world for most of us. His ways were simple. He walked dusty roads, wearing the ordinary sandals and robe of the common person. He raised no army and wrote no philosophy. Instead, for a few short years, he gathered a small band of followers, none of whom had anything special going for them either. He taught with common words and everyday images. Somehow he gained a reputation for being a worker of miracles and created a bit of a stir in the process. Far from winning him great influence at the time, though, his works and his words annoyed the local people of power, so they had him executed at the young age of 33. And now, 2,000 years later, we Christians believe that all of human history all of human destiny, indeed, the life of every single individual who's ever lived, rests entirely on this one young man's shoulders and his alone, now and throughout all eternity. But imagine hearing that for the first time. Wouldn't it seem outrageous? What kind of man could bear that much weight? Every person's fate for all history and even beyond— This is way too far beyond any individual's capacity. The one who would shoulder that kind of weight would have to be far more than extraordinary, spectacularly more even. That's who Christ would have to be for us to have any reason to follow him at all. And that's the end of my quote from my book. And really, for the person hearing this for the first time, the story of Jesus has got to sound fully outrageous. It has to sound outrageous to us, even, in a way. If it doesn't, we're not hearing it right. It's either it's either outrageously false or outrageously, stupendously good. If that one huge fact that one man could be responsible for all mankind, for all eternity, doesn't shock you on some level then I would suggest you're too used to it, too used to Jesus. Engaging, exhilarating, possibly the most surprising and refreshing book you'll read this year. That's how best-selling author Lee Strobel describes Tom Gilson's newest book, Too Good to be False, How Jesus' Incomparable Character Reveals His Reality. 
You can download a free sample chapter right now by visiting the Thinking Christian blog at thinkingchristian.net and subscribing to the newsletter there. That's a free preview chapter for you just by subscribing at thinkingchristian.net. Well, it's been a privilege for me over the past couple of years to study just how spectacular Jesus is. He's extraordinary in his love, his leadership, his authority, his teaching, his relationship with the Father, his friendship with us. He's extraordinary in everything, really. Yet he was also a human walking the earth like us. But, you know, look, if you ask me, that fact makes him even more extraordinary. He is the one who can bear the weight. That's the point of the book. That's the point of the Gospels. That's the point of his life, his death, and his resurrection. But think for a minute what kind of difference it would make if we could really see Jesus in this surprising new light again and and, and be able to see him without being used to him, without being accustomed to him, and maybe for some of us without taking him at all for granted. I can think of three areas where it would have a big impact. And the first one is worship. The second is obedience. The third one is witness. Worship is the first one. I've already mentioned falling on our faces in worship before him. This wasn't the way I went about my prayer, devotion, or worship. I I don't see it very often in other Christians' lives either. I knew he was God. That was clear enough in Scripture. I knew it was appropriate to pray to him. I sang my worship songs to him, as we all do in church, and sure, that's okay. I always expressed a heart of gratitude and appreciation. I knew he died and rose again for me, but that's just one more area in which I'll admit I was growing used to Jesus, but it's different now. I look at his character, and it stuns me. I look at Jesus' complete, unwavering, total, consistent goodness, and it takes my breath away. I've never seen anyone so utterly consistently giving. Do you know he never used his extraordinary power for his own benefit? He was the man for others, as Bonhoeffer said. Always, at every point. I've never met anyone like him in any other history, any other literature, and certainly not in person. I try to imagine being that good, and the thought of it just kind of stops me cold. Yet the way he did it, it seems so easy, so natural to him. What what kind of a man is this? This is just one of many ways Jesus has caught me totally off balance. So that sometimes, yeah, even literally, I've fallen on my face before him to proclaim his worth and my worship. And it's refreshing. There's something good and pure and cleansing about it. It's a good thing. Well, that's worship. I I mentioned there were three areas, worship, obedience, and witness. Obedience is the second one. The song says, Jesus loves me, this I know. And in John 15, verses 14 to 15, he even calls us his friends. But uh, he's a friend with a difference. He's the friend who holds all eternity in his hands, which means we're not buddies. I don't worship any other of my friends. I don't think you do. I certainly hope not. And yet I worship him. And it gives me that much more cause to remember the rest of John 15, verse 14. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't have any other friends like that either. 
but Jesus is worth it. He's a friend who's completely, absolutely, totally in charge, unlike any other friend. Because he is so astonishingly great, though, I'm motivated to obey him. Now think of it this way. He is the one who lived the only fully perfect human life that anyone has ever lived. Why wouldn't I want to follow an example like that? Who else should I model my life after? Yeah, I'll fall short as I try to follow his example. I won't make it. I won't be like him. He's too good. He's too far beyond me. I'll fall short, but at least I'll fall short in the right direction, pursuing a worthy goal. So worship and obedience, and also witness, can also be affected if we quit taking Jesus for granted. It'll affect our witness in two ways. One is, look, we've got a really great, amazing story to tell. Jesus is worth getting excited about. And and the only reason we don't treat him that way, I think, is because we're too used to him. We can move beyond that if we begin to understand more of his greatness, more of his uniqueness. Second, besides having more of a story to tell, we'll be more in tune with our non-Christian neighbors, knowing that you know some of them are going to have a ways to go before they're going to be ready to accept that this long-ago man with the robe and the sandals on the dusty roads is a man who holds the key to their personal future. They've got a ways to go before they can accept that that's possible. I wrote the book, Too Good to be False, partly for the purpose of helping us explain how that fact is true. It's It may seem unlikely, but it's still true. He is the one who's capable of carrying that weight for the person that we're sharing with even. Oh, and there's a fourth way that moving beyond this idea of being too used to Jesus can can really pick up our Christian life. Recognizing his extraordinary uniqueness can help us to live a more extraordinary life ourselves. I found, for myself, it really adds a new level of excitement to my Bible reading, especially in the Gospels, but not only there, because the whole Bible speaks of Jesus in one way or another. And the more we encounter Jesus as he really is, the more joy we'll experience in our Christian lives. He gives joy. And the more we see him as he is, the more we'll receive the joy that he wants to give as the person that he is. My Christian life, really, it's a lot more about Jesus now than it ever was before. Not about me, but about him. And I'm telling you, that's good. He's outrageously unexpected. He's stupendously good. He's amazingly extraordinary. So much that, yes, he has what it takes to carry the whole weight of humanity on his shoulders. We don't need to be accustomed to him. It's time to stop taking Jesus for granted. It's time to stop living in this mode of being so used to Jesus that we hardly notice how great he is. It's time to see him for who he really is and to reach a whole new level in our Christian life through that renewed relationship with Jesus. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this first episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. I'm Tom Gilson, and I look forward to seeing you next time. The Thinking Christian Podcast is copyright by Thomas Gilson. For more information, visit the Thinking Christian blog at thinkingchristian.net.